Moving my head. Yeah. I'm laying it off. Love that too. I'm pronating. When you're not supinating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? What is up, golf fans, and welcome back to another episode of Fairways and Dreams. It is Thursday. It is time for my solo show where I talk about everything that I like and enjoy and whatever really I want to talk about in the game of golf. As it pertains to this week, we're going to be talking about someone that's very important in my life. That would be my oldest child, my son, my only son. I have five kids, only one boy. He's 15 years old. We're going to talk about him a lot and why golf is so awesome we do have to touch on some news, and the news is going to carry its way into the topic of discussion today. But don't worry. At the very end of this, I have a really awesome story about some betters. Last week at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, AT&T, all that fun stuff, it got shut down after 54 holes, and uh, they might have made out with some cash. I, I'm going to tell that story at the end, and also I'll give you a, uh, a bet for the waste management coming up this weekend, which that's always a big event. And it's turned into, it's kind of turned into its own uh, thing. It gets, it's festive. It is exciting. People treat it as if it's kind of like a NASCAR event or, you know, what's really crazy are the triple crown, the the horse races. You know, I, I live in the state of Maryland. The Preakness is in Baltimore. People might see the Preakness and they might think, oh, it's like the Kentucky Derby. The, the infield is a madhouse. And the waste management, I mean, you see a lot of crazy stuff there now. It is a great event. It is a fun event. I love watching the waste management. It's one of my favorite events to watch that's not a major. And so that's coming up this weekend. And that's where this all starts, is a few years ago, we had a waste management practice round. And so they go to the 16th green. I'm sure you've probably seen this clip with Gary Woodland. And on the 16th green, Gary Woodland is paired up, and that's that's the par three that's completely enclosed. I think they call it the stadium hole now, or maybe they have some moniker for it. But Gary Woodland is paired up with a young woman named Amy who has Down syndrome, and she plays the hole with Gary Woodland. Now, that is a it's a beautiful story. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it is the story of how Amy stands at the on the tee box. Now, she's not playing the pro tees. That's neither here nor there. She hits a decent drive and goes into the greenside bunker, front greenside bunker. And so she's walking and talking with Gary Woodland, and he's like, man, you hit a great shot. You hit a great shot. And he goes. To, they go to the bunker. She's down at the bottom, a pretty good lie. And he says, you know, do you need help getting this shot out of the bunker? Do you need me to, you know, do we want to take it out? And she said, no, I, I got this. I got this. She kept repeating that. I got this. And so he said, okay. She takes a wedge down into the bunker, splashes it out, leaves it about 10 feet. And so Gary said, wow, that was a heck of a bunker shot. Gets over the putt. I got this. I got this. She nails the putt for par. And when I first saw that story, it really hit home in a lot of ways. Uh, it hit home with the game of golf, and it hit it home at a personal level. And so I think it's time for me, and I've never really talked about this on any platform at length, but I think it's time for me to talk about my son. I mentioned my son. I'm going to do the best I can to get through this because I kind of get emotional every time I tell the story. Uh, my son, as I mentioned, who's 15 years old. He is our firstborn child. He is our only son. 
Uh, he was born with Down syndrome. And so when I, when I saw this clip, uh, it definitely hit home because you saw how kind Gary Woodland was. Uh, Matt Kuchar was also in the group, and he was uh, we really, really welcoming to this young athlete. And, you know, it, it brings back the memory of when my son was born. So back in 2008, my son was born, and we went through an entire nine-month pregnancy and did not know that he was going to be born with Down syndrome. It's all we knew. We knew he was going to be a boy. You know, we, we found out for all of our children, the gender of, of the child before they were born. We don't like surprises like that. Little did we know that our son was going to be the ultimate surprise as we found out after his birth that he actually had Down syndrome. So fast forward, he has a lot of different health ailments. Uh, he has alopecia. If you check me out on Instagram, you've probably seen videos of him and he doesn't have hair. Uh, he has a, he's a type one diabetic. So he has an insulin pump and a continuous glucose monitor or a CGM that's always with him. Uh, it definitely does bring up Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid condition. So yeah, he's a very unique case in a lot of ways. But it, the one thing that I take is with my son is that the moment he was born, I knew that he was not going to be able to play athletics at a super high level. Uh, growing up, I golfed, I played baseball, played baseball all through high school. My teams were able to win two state titles, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I did play like middle school football. I ran track, uh, just, I played lacrosse club lacrosse in college, coached lacrosse, played adult league softball, like all these things. I was unbelievably active and always trying to be involved in something. But the moment my son was born, I knew that that wasn't always going to be a possibility for him. Yet I wanted him to have something something like I had growing up. And so, yes, to be honest, my son does other activities. I coach his unified basketball team and he does a good job. He he's very athletic for someone with a disability. Uh, he, he can definitely shoot the basketball. He can dribble. Okay. Doesn't handle defense. Well, that's not his forte. Uh, he plays baseball for a challenger baseball team and league and they're just kind of slow, slow tossing the ball to him and he can hit the ball and he's getting bigger and stronger, but they're all kind of, I hate to say this, but I can, because I'm involved with it. It's kind of a watered down product. Nothing is genuine about it. Yes. The intent is genuine in all of these endeavors. The fact that other kids, other adults are being unbelievably welcoming to these individuals with disabilities and allowing them to be a part of that activity, but nothing is actually 100%. I'm going to play as hard as I can. And that's when I was, I thought to myself, this is why golf is awesome. This is why golf is the sport for my son. And it's not the same way it was for me. I grew up with my dad golfing and my older brother golfing. I've had them on the podcast. We talked about it, but this is different. This is different. Golf was the only sport that I could think of that my son could play. And I don't have to worry about anyone taking it light on him. You know, my wife and I stand in a really weird stance with this. When we talk about parents that have a child with a disability, when my son is doing something, whether it's, we're playing a card game, like it said, it's a Uno or family loves to play Uno. He he'll get upset if he loses, but that's fine. You, you win, you lose as part of anything that we do. That's some type of competition. And so golf is the one sport that golf doesn't care. It doesn't care if you have a disability. It doesn't care your age. It doesn't care your gender. Outside of the tee boxes that you hit from, the course does not change for anyone. 
it is relentless. It is the same course no matter what. And so my son, from a very young age, started to golf with me. I can still remember the first putter that I bought him. It was a super short putter. And he'd go and I would play multiple courses, mainly the country club, which we still belong to. I'd go out in the afternoon late and we would just ride around the golf cart at the time. And he'd hop out when it was time to get to the green and he'd putt the ball and he'd have fun. And then we'd go back in the cart and the golf cart was probably the majority of the fun for him anyways. But as he's gotten older, we brought a little wedge with us. And he started to chip around and he would take some swings from the fairway every now and then. And then he got a little bit taller. He got a little bit stronger. And I said, it might be time for him to get his first set of clubs. And so we got him his first junior set of clubs. Little by little, my son definitely started to develop a love for the game of golf. And by gosh, that kid was actually pretty darn good. He can hit the ball really far away when he catches one. And I think that he appreciates the fact that it, it he's he is doing the same thing that I am. So he's actually gotten to the point where on a couple holes, he can tee off from the white tees, which is where I play from. I'm not about to sit here and say, oh, I play from the tips all the time. No, I play from the whites. It's more fun there. And that's probably where I belong. And that's fine. And there's a couple holes where my son can hit it far enough that he can tee off on the same tee box as me. And he loves that. He freaking loves that. And that, to me, is what makes golf great. I, I'm not having my son tee off from up tees if he wants to play back with me on the whites. He's going to struggle, and it's going to be a struggle. He realizes that. But golf is like the ultimate equalizer. It's you versus par, you versus the course. You know, it, it's crazy how, when I think about the game of golf, and a lot of people love this game, and they love it for different reasons. But for me, one of the many reasons that golf is great in, and has probably become my favorite sport is because of the interaction I can have with my son. And my son, he he doesn't like it, but he walks with us, and he has a little. We have a little push card for him, and he pushes his golf clubs, and he loves. He just loves getting out there and playing the game. And when my dad comes over to the, and my brother, and he gets to go golfing with his uncle and his his grandpa. Pop pop, as he calls us, calls him. He is in heaven. He is in heaven. And so I, I think about this from a different perspective. And you all can, however you're listening to this, you can think of it however you like. But for me, I look at golf as a gateway to normalcy for my son. And I, when I say that out loud, it, it does kind of, what well, kind of hits home for me. When my son is golfing, he's he's just another golfer. When my son is out there playing with with me, his sisters who also golf, they don't treat him any. They don't treat him special. Oh, will you top the shot? Walk your butt up and hit it again. And what's crazy is, as a parent with a child with a disability, sometimes that's all you want is normalcy. Sometimes all you want is for your child to be viewed as an equal. They might not be equal in a lot of ways, but that's all you want. You don't want people falling down to let them score. You want them to score on their own. And I'm proud to say that my son, on a couple par threes, has actually beaten me. And he doesn't even sometimes realize it. And I'll say, well, you know, you just beat me there, right? Maybe I really miss hit a shot, end up double bogeying. He hits a drive just short. He knocks it up close, two putts. And he gets off with a bogey, and I double, and that's awesome. He didn't get any advantage. He might have played from an upper tee, like, but it, th that's golf. That's what golf is set up for. 
I do love this game. And every time I see that video of Gary Woodland and Amy, I'm thankful. Uh, because that moment, I think about a lot of people who may, might not have ever seen this part of it, of the game of golf, they've never seen that. And so when they hopefully saw that video, they're like, wow, like this is, this is something that's bigger than the game. This is bigger than the PGA Tour for me. This is my son. It's my family. This is my lifeblood. And so now my son's getting into the Special Olympics. And Amy is a part of the Special Olympics as well. If you do some research on her, she actually played in high school and she actually plays for a community college. I believe she's a really good golfer and I, I have no aspirations for my son to do all that, but we are getting involved in the special Olympics. And what I found out about the special Olympics in golf is that they have a unified division. And so I was stunned when my son went to the first practice, I'm talking with the other coach. Cause I said I would volunteer and help. Uh, the other guys goes, Hey, you know, you're a good golfer too. You and your, you and will can play together. That's my son. Will. And they said, I said, I can play with him. What are you talking about? And he said, you guys are both good enough golfers. You can do a unified where you both play. And sometimes it's alternate shots. Sometimes it's best ball. And I said, wow, like that's something that is really, really special because yeah, my son, he can also compete by himself. He can play in nine hole matches. He, he and I can definitely play together in this unified division. And we're going to be doing that this fall. I'm really excited for that. That is something that is so unique. And it just hits home, which is why I titled the podcast this, Why Golf is Awesome. It's awesome for all of us. When you think about why golf is awesome for you, it's going to be different than what it is for me. But I look at golf as a family affair. He's not the only golfer in the family. My, my kids, my, my oldest daughter, who's 13, her younger sister, who's 10, and then eight and five below them, they've all been on the golf course with me. And so golf is unique in that aspect that they can go and play the game with their dad. When I was playing adult league softball, they can't play on that team with me. They can go watch, but they can't play on that team. Uh, when I was coaching they couldn't be on the team. I was coaching as a high school coach, varsity coach for 13 years. They could go and watch, but that's about it. This is something they can do with me. We can encounter this game, go head to head with this game together. That's why golf is freaking awesome. So I wanted to tell the story of my son, Will. So take that for what it's worth. It's very therapeutic for me to talk about that because I think sometimes it's important that we do address those underlying feelings that we have, even if it's towards game, a game like golf. All right, let's finish this up with that story about Pebble Beach. I kind of teased that at the beginning of the podcast. So anyone that watched last week, we, we did not hit our bet, by the way. <laughs> Max Homa did not pull through. Jordan Spieth actually played pretty well. He's been playing good golf this year. And we'll talk about Jordan here in a second. But the story from Pebble was about a, a group of guys. And I don't know if they knew each other or they all just were on the same wavelength. And they saw the weather forecast after the third round. So Wyndham Clark is in the lead. And they went and started, they immediately put down big, big, big time money, but not big time money, but they put on down like a hundred bucks each for the top 10 that at the end of round three to finish in the top 10, including ties. Now, why did they do this? They saw the weather was going to turn really bad and they had the inkling. They're not going to get the final round in. So you saw the final round get delayed. Tea times are going to start at 3 p.m. Eastern. Then it got delayed to Monday and then eventually got canceled. And Wyndham Clark was considered the champion of that tournament. And then all of a sudden, guess what? 
their bets on those 10 individuals or whoever was tied for the top 10 could have turned into almost a million dollar payout. Now, here's the thing. I'm sure the books are not going to honor this. I have to, I've tried follow up on this story. I haven't been able to find anything. Mainly it could be because the books haven't decided what they're going to do. If they place their bets early enough, then how are they going to say no? It's not that they waited until the, the fourth round was canceled and then got into their sports book and placed a bet. Really interesting stuff, though. Talk about hedging your bet in a in a good way for the bet tour, not the sports book. So we'll see what happens to those gentlemen that went and did that at Pebble Beach in the AT&T Pro-Am, which is a great event and ended after 54 holes. So like I mentioned earlier, the waste management is this weekend. And I was looking at overall, who do I think has a legitimate shot at winning the tournament? Now just keep in mind, winning, picking the winner in a golf tournament is difficult. I say, I say it every single time I do a solo show, every single time that I do one of these where I'm previewing an upcoming tournament. It is unbelievable. It's it's essentially like spinning a wheel and hoping that your guy lands, it gets hit on. That's that's exactly what it is. So uh Scott Scotty Scheffler is favored to win. Not that that's a shock to anyone, but I, I still like Jordan Spieth's game. Jordan Spieth's game, I think is he's playing well. He's been playing a good amount of golf. He has been playing in a lot of events. I'm not sure why a lot of these guys are taking some weeks off. They're not playing in all the events. We've seen a lot of players withdraw already. I know Xander Shoffley withdrew from the waste management. Someone else, another big name player, I can't name escapes me right now, but he also withdrew from the waste management. Spieth is playing, and he's also plus 1,800 to get to, to finish first overall. So if you want to place a long shot bet where a little bit of money could win you a lot, if you come through and Jordan Spieth were to win the event, it'd be plus 1800 at Jordan Spieth. You all know if you listen to my podcast, though, that I like the tournament specials. Change it up a little bit. Let's think about, let's think outside the box here. So I could have gone with the, the most favored grouping, but I didn't. I chose three players that I think will finish in the top 20. I love that top 20 instead of the top 10. Top 10 stuff, and this includes ties. Keep that in mind. Always keep these in mind. If there's four players tied at 20, they all can count as a top 20 finish. So Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, and Sanjay M, I like those three guys to finish in the top 20, and that'll be a plus 700 bet. Again, Spieth, Burns, and Sanjay M would fall, finish in the top 20 plus 700. So if you're a gambler and you're interested, go put some money down. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is all to ramp up for the big time tournaments. We're talking about the players. We're talking about the masters in April. And oh, by the way, Tiger Woods announces that he's going to be playing at the Genesis next weekend. So we'll have a lot to talk about there as Tiger Woods plays for the first time since uh, it was the tournament, his tournament, the American hero, the hero classic. So, We'll get to see Tiger Woods as well. There's going to be a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. I do want to tease my next two-man scramble, which is coming up next Tuesday. I have an individual coming on the podcast who's a lot like me. Now, he's not a golf pro. He's not a manufacturer. He's not anyone that has any inside links. He's a dad with a lot of kids, and he's a golfer. And I'm excited to talk with him, and I'm excited for you to hear that next Tuesday. Next Thursday, I'll have my fairways and dreams as we preview that tournament. We talk about all things golf. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
I hope you all check it out. Remember, wherever you get your podcast, let's say you're seeing this on YouTube, you can find all the audio by searching Fairways, the and symbol in dreams. Check us out. I think you'll really like some of the things we have cooking. Talk about network next week. All right, folks, that does it for me. You know how we finish these out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Hit them straight. We'll see you next time on Fairways and Dreams. <laughs>